Welcome back. We have an awesome episode for you today. Completely stacked. We have an interview with Daniel Sabatino. But first, my name is Grayson Wimbish. I am reporting live from sunny California, Los Angeles to be exact. With me as always is Pat Finn on the East Coast, hanging out quarantine style in beautiful New Jersey. He's with the fam. This episode is brought to you by MSP, the Main Street Pharmacy. Shout out to our favorite local business in Blacksburg, Dr. Jeremy Counts, holding it down during the quarantine. They have been serving Blacksburg and the surrounding communities since 2016. Their pharmacists and friendly staff treat you like family. They are family to the Sons of Saturday and are very dedicated to providing their customers with the goods and services necessary to make it through such a difficult time like this quarantine. They got all your needs, your toilet paper, your hand sanitizer. So go show them some love. We love Dr. Jeremy Counts and our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Before we roll into all this contentory, as Billy Ray would say, Pat, we have a hokey haiku. Hokey haiku. Light on submissions this week, guys. Where were the where were the haikus? We had a lot of we had a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, Grayson and I, we did a little Suns collab on this Hokey Haiku. So here we go. Dalton was drafted. Keen and Belichick for six. Don't need Gronkowski. There's your first collab. There it is. Collaborative effort. So uh, before we get into all of that here, uh, just a, a quick disclaimer for all you guys out there listening and the folks who listened to last week's episode, I know we talked about Philip Riley. Uh, if you would listen to the episode, you were pretty much convinced that Philip Riley was committing on April 22nd after getting all those crystal balls in. I uh, just wanted to be upfront and apologize here. Uh, I know that there were some seeds planted all over the internet that he was committing on the 22nd. And I told everyone, I said, looks like he's committing on the 22nd and he did not commit on the 22nd. Um, so we'll just have to wait on Philip Riley, but those crystal balls are in, I think there's eight crystal balls in, including from the uh, recruiting director nationally, Steve Wiltfong. So other than that, not too much recruiting news to talk about. We'll, uh, we'll get into a little bit, uh, stuff on social media, but, uh, Grayson, what happened on, on the Friday night? Well, like you said, Pat, in that beautiful and very eloquently written hokey haiku, Dalton Keene was drafted in the third round of the 2020 NFL Draft, 101st overall pick by Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. So first off, a huge congratulations to Dalton Keene, Hokie Nation, and the Sons of Saturday could not be more proud of you and all of your hard work. That said, I got to be honest. I got to be honest here, Pat. When he declared for the draft, I was like, that's great. I'm happy for Dalton. I'm happy for Dalton. Did I think that he would go as high as the third round? No, I didn't. And you know what? I have never been more happy for somebody to prove me wrong in all of my days because the coaching staff always talks about this kid. Hokie Nation loves him, but the coaching staff loves him even more. They always say, Coach Fu always says that he perfectly embodies the hard, smart, and tough spirit. And, I mean, you see it on the field, his leadership, the way he just bullies people. And fun fact – Dalton Keene is actually the highest drafted tight end in Virginia Tech history. And keep in mind, this kid turned 21 years old last week, April 14th. The more you know. So congratulations to Dalton Keene. I cannot wait to see you do your thing in the NFL. Man, he's going to be incredible in that system. And uh, I know a lot of people had been talking on social media about okay you know Dalton Keene's leaving Virginia Tech and there's going to be an absence in the Virginia Tech locker room but if there's a system that he's going to fit perfectly it's going to be Bill Belichick's system in New England so this is a, a perfect fit and the Patriots organization really did what they could to trade up and make sure that they get their guy in Dalton Keene um, and as high as the third round I got a text from Karsten Karsten and, and it was just keen exclamation point and this is like 
I think 11 o'clock or something Eastern time on Friday night. And I pull up in Twitter. I'm like, yes, I was so freaking fired up. And I remember, I know we jumped on FaceTime with a bunch of people on Friday. We were just so freaking stoked for Dalton Keene. I mean, we had, we had him on Suns like two, three weeks ago. So that was pretty cool. But, uh, I know a lot of people have, uh, issues in their heart to root for the Patriots. And I think, uh, the Patriots found themselves a couple thousand new fans uh, over this past weekend. So that's pretty exciting, but, uh, let's, let's do some quick numbers here. Let's talk about his contract. And a first, a quick aside, shout out to the new Sports Illustrated Hokies instance that Mike Mike McDaniel and those guys have set up now. Um, it looks like we're going to get a lot more football content uh, on the written side uh, with Sports Illustrated. Really excited for that new contentary, so follow them. And a special shout out to my current roommate, Ryan Hartman, who will be one of those writers. So follow him on Twitter uh, as well. According to OverTheCap.com, this is from the McDaniel article, Dalton Keene's rookie contract will pay him in the neighborhood of $4.5 million with a signing bonus of $832,000, which is quite the payday for the former Hokie tight end. That's big time. 21-year-old making some stacks. Uh, Dalton, we can't wait for you to join the Hokie Club. <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's, Get on board. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty exciting and could not be more fired up to see uh, Dalton Keene get drafted that high. I remember standing in my kitchen in Arlington, opening up uh, a tweet or an Instagram saying uh, from Dalton Keene saying that he was foregoing his senior season and just being like at a loss for words. Like We need a guy like that in the locker room just to – to lead others uh and it's so exciting to see his hard work pay off so shout out to the staff for getting him uh to where he needs to be and uh looking forward to his future moving right along some more draft information that we kind of want to touch on Trayvon Hill former Hokie uh we, we all remember his dismissal from Virginia Tech in uh in 2018 and then he went up and flashed the U at graduation after he had decided to commit to Miami for his final year. You know, always a controversial player in Blacksburg. And then uh, Dalton Keene and Trayvon Hill go head-to-head in 2019 in in, uh, in Miami for that game. And DK was bodying Trayvon Hill up and down the field. Up and down the field. But you know they uh, they took a nice picture at the end of the game. Trayvon Hill with some of his uh, you know former teammates. So I thought so I thought that was cool. I thought you know any any beef was switched. I know Trayvon Hill's kind of always been a vocal guy on social media, and uh, you know people have their opinions on him. Whatever you know, always wish for him the best. Trayvon Hill was a top ACC prospect from experts heading into the 2019 season. And he did not get drafted. He went undrafted. And there were some controversial tweets out there yesterday after he went undrafted. And, you know, people have their opinions this way or the other way. Um, I will remember Trayvon Hill as the guy who flashed the U at the Virginia Tech graduation. That's not something that I take lightly and I know people have their other opinions obviously wish the best for him seeing him signing with the Patriots as an undrafted free agent today was definitely adding uh adding a lot to the story I think uh I think it's pretty funny that now him and Dalton Keene are going to be teammates again after Dalton came out on the uh, winning end of the uh, the last battle last fall on the field but uh, it's going to be exciting I'm happy for both of them I'm happy for Trayvon Hill that he got to the league and uh, he'll be able to make his mark Dalton Keene taking the high route taking the high road as always uh, on Twitter let's go at Trey Savage 94 iron sharpens iron congrats man uh, so he's going to get a shot with the Patriots but yeah man Trayvon Hill he did his he did his good things at Virginia Tech I mean I was a huge fan of his upside. You think about three games that really come to mind here. The 2016 Miami game on that Thursday night. The 2017 West Virginia game when Trayvon Hill had an outstanding game. And then the 2018 Florida State game. The same thing. So uh, so that was just a funny uh, addition to the, uh, the draft weekend uh, here. 
Pat, like we always say, at the end of the day, these these guys are just kids. But shout out to Dalton and Trayvon for signing with the same team. And hey, if Dalton says iron sharpens iron, the past is the past. You got to put it behind you. I'm happy for both of them. Go get to work. Go do your thing. Represent. But at the end of the day, yes, Trayvon did throw up the U. Had graduation, and like many other people, that uh, that does not sit well with me either. So were the tweets warranted? I can't really say, but he did throw up the U at graduation. So there is probably a a little bit of animosity still there with some Hokies. I understand that, but... In other recruiting tidbits here, Travion Henderson, we all know who he is, number one running back in Virginia who committed to Ohio State after not putting Virginia Tech in his top five. We saw a picture of him over the weekend, uh, a picture of him photoshopped into an Ohio State jersey with Lane Stadium in the background. So clearly this is going to draw all sorts of replies from people all over Virginia and all over the country. My favorite one was from an account based in Texas. Uh, A guy named Demetrius Davis quotes the tweet and says, that stadium in the back with heart eyes emojis, you know, clearly throwing a little bit of shade at Travion Henderson. Uh, I love how Demetrius Davis is emer- emerging as a leader of this 2021 class. I know we we pump him up every single week on here, but uh, he is truly being that guy. He's already going to be a leader, even though he's not on campus, of this 2021 class, getting these Texas guys in the boat, telling them Virginia Tech's the real deal, uh, knowing that this staff is going to take him to new heights. So that's awesome. He's saying, hey, man, Travion, wait a second. All right. I'm a big time recruit too, my friend. Like what game are you trying to play? I'm going to call you out on your BS here. And I thought, uh, DD came out looking like a rose, smelling like a rose, I should say. But I do want to say a couple things about that. Cause I know this drew all sorts of replies from the Virginia tech side and from the Ohio state side, Virginia tech fans be better on Twitter. Ohio state fans probably are the worst fan base in all of America on Twitter. And with these alter uh, altercations here, we're kind of stooping to their level, okay? My number one rule is don't tweet at recruits, but you know, if you have to say something because you want to show this recruit that Hokie Nation is very active on Twitter and we really care, because ultimately, <laughs> these recruits absolutely love social media and they absolutely love getting clout from GIFs on Twitter. So, okay, tweet them a GIF of the Hokie Bird dancing. Tweet them a GIF of Mike Vick and Trey Turner making sweet plays. Tweet them a GIF of uh, of the North End Zone jumping up and down. Do not tweet negative things about the recruit. Do not tweet things talking about how Ohio State is paying their players. Do not tweet anything that is going to make you and Hokie Nation look completely idiotic. Okay? Put positive stuff out there. Otherwise, there's no point in uh, in beating this drum. You got a guy, you know, this one anonymous Hokie on Twitter whose name is like Vatech Fan, and it's a picture of a VT logo as his profile picture. So, you know, clear anonymous guy just saying these outlandish things. He never visited Ohio State. He definitely is getting paid, spelled paid wrong, to play there. Travion comes back and says, you know, you see true colors of these fan bases come out uh, once you pick someone else over them. I was talking about Ohio State fans. I mean, let's see Travion Henderson, you know, make an error or fumble in a big moment. And then he will see how how great that Ohio State fan base is on Twitter, too. But uh, I think Henderson's got to be better in this situation as well. I mean, we completely threw the kitchen sink at this recruit and... He posted that knowing that he was going to get some feedback from both sides, and he chose to only acknowledge tweets back on the Virginia Tech side, and he kind of just was like super snarky and petty about it. That's me, my biased opinion as a Virginia Tech fan, but I mean, if you go back and you look at the receipts, uh, I don't think either side came out looking great aside from Demetrius Davis. So shout out to our QB1 of the future, Demetrius Stamp everything you just said, Pat. I mean, we've talked about this in episodes past. Demetrius Davis isn't even on the team yet, and he's a bona fide leader. Just, I love everything that that kid stands for, everything he's about. And leave Travion Henderson alone. Don't feed into that. He wanted a reaction. Guess what? Some people gave him one. 
Leave it alone. Moving on. He's not a hokey. That's fine. Let him do his thing. Speaking of uh, people who aren't hokies anymore, unfortunately, uh, Landers Nolly chose Memphis, right? He chose Penny Hardaway to go there. Uh, his top three ended up being Memphis, Ole Miss, and Georgia. But today, and we are recording on Sunday, timestamp 2.36 p.m. PST, Landers Nolly is apparently entering his name into the NBA draft while keeping his college eligibility open for the time being. So that's some uh, that's some interesting news, Pat. What, what, what do you uh, what do you think is going through Landers Nolly's head right now? I knew this was kind of like his goal. You know, he redshirted a year. I know sitting wasn't fun for him, and then you know, he had a standout first half of the season this past year. I know that Landers Nolly is going to get to the NBA at some point. Uh, he has the size, he has the intangibles, he has a great shot. Um, I do think that there is a lot that needs to happen before he gets to that next level, and now is not going to be that time. We'll see what the NBA says. I'm not confident that he's going to be a draft pick this this go around. Maybe next year, maybe the year after. Uh, we'll see how it works at Memphis. But um, you know, if I was a betting man, I would not be putting any money on Landers Nolly getting selected this June. We want to thank everyone again, again, y'all, so much for donating to the Sons of Utprosum GoFundMe. We have currently exceeded our initial goal of $600 by $3,000. We've raised over $3,600, y'all, and that is so unbelievably incredible for Hokie Nation to come together at a time like this where there are people who need the help that money is going towards a great cause at the food bank. So thank you so much for embodying the spirit of Uproism. Yeah, you just turn around every minute and you see that uh, that bar has been raised a little bit more. So that was uh, pretty exciting. And knowing that we're in a special community that loves to, uh, to give back and uh, really embody that I may serve. Moving on, new merch, everybody. It's so cool to see you guys rocking the new stuff that we just put in our most recent merch drop. People seem to really like the style uh, that that we're kind of going for right now. So if you've bought merch from, from SonsOfSaturday.com, thank you so much. If you haven't checked it out yet, head over there. You might find something you like. We got it all. We got coffee mugs. We got iPhone cases. We got baby bibs for the little ones. Go check it out. When you get your baby bibs and when you get your crew necks and your cold drinks waiting hats, because I know those are flying off the shelves. Everyone loves their cold drinks waiting hats. Make sure to send us a picture. Tag us on Instagram. We'll post it. We'll put it in our uh, our highlight reel as well. Uh, but we really appreciate you guys going out there and uh, making the suns a part of your, uh, your everyday wardrobe. It's pretty cool. Lastly, guys, I uh, just want to say follow us on social media if you haven't already. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. We got to 4,000. We're really fired up about that. And then Facebook. Everyone's got a Facebook. I don't know who still uses Facebook. But if you have a Facebook account, pull it up on your mobile. Pull it up on your MacBook Pro. And type in Sons of Saturday in the search bar. Hit the like button. We're really looking for some Facebook clout here. I know, uh, I know only grandmas use Facebook. But guess what? We love the grandmas of Saturday. So... If you are on Facebook, go like our page, Sons of Saturday, and uh, go ahead and give us a rating, too. I think you could rate on Facebook, and you could rate in the podcast app as well. So give us a rating. If you think we're five stars, give us five stars. If you think we're only a three-star recruit, tell us what we need to improve on. We're open to all feedback. But uh, we got one letter from the lunch pail. John Cran. Cran Camp. The legend, John Cran. Follow that guy on Twitter. He's got great tweets. He says, guys, I continue to thoroughly enjoy the podcast. It's really helped me during the quarantine. Thank you. It's helped us. I am extremely happy with where DK got drafted, and I think his upside at New England is huge. Completely agree. Having said that, can you take a stab at who you think will be the first three Hokies picked next year, and what rounds will they go in? Grayson. First off, for one letter of the lunch pail this week, Cranham, this question rules. It, it actually really forced Pat and I to put on our thinking caps. Here are mine. I think 
if Caleb Farley has anywhere close to as great of a season as he did last season, next this coming season, I think he'll be the first Hokie off the board. My prediction for him is a high second round pick. That's just where I see him going. In a high second round. Close after him, I'm going to go James Mitchell. James Mitchell is a baller. That kid, I can see him going pro after his junior season as well. I see him being a lower second pick, early third round, maybe a Dalton Keene type of situation. Uh, number three off the board, if Trey Turner has just an absolutely electric season, which I have no doubt that he will, and he decides to go pro, which remains to be seen. I don't know if that will happen. But if he did decide to go pro, I see him more as uh, mid-fourth round, early fifth round. I hope he proves me wrong. Honorable mention, because I hope I, I want nothing more th- than for this kid to get drafted. Rayshard Ashby, I see Rayshard going in the late sixth round, early seventh. Again, this is all speculation. Out of those four that I mentioned, three of them would be foregoing their senior season. Hopefully, you know, they maybe they want to stick around, but that's mine. Pat, what do you got? Yeah, I'll go with three different guys here just uh, to not um, do any piggybacking. And I really don't want any of those guys to leave if Caleb, James, and Trey Turner have fantastic years. I hope they stay around for their senior year so we can really, really, really get something special. But uh, I'm going to go with Justice Reed, our, uh, our new guy from Youngstown State, uh, defensive end, 6'3", 270. He's got the frame. He's got the keys to the NFL. If you see that, uh, that B-Fish meme he's been putting out there with uh, Daryl Tapp holding the keys and uh, Bill Tierlink saying, hey, it's right there. He's pointing out a door to the NFL. Justice Reed, 23rd overall, my bold prediction of... Uh, of April 2020 for the 2021 draft. Number two, I got uh, my guy Christian Derisaw on the offensive line at the tackle position uh, going in the third round. And then honorable mention, uh, or not honorable mention, this is number three here, Oscar Bradburn. What? Yes. Oscar Bradburn, punter, sixth round pick. He's going to have a beast senior season. And uh, I am more than excited to see where he is uh, about a year from now, if he's uh, making a roster or getting picked up in the actual draft. So uh, that's about it. Love that letter from the lunch pail. And get ready, strap in. We got Daniel Sabatino coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very, very special interview today. With us, we have Daniel Sabatino from the Virginia Tech athletic department where he is the associate director of creative content. He's a graduate of Bethany college where he was recognized with several awards for digital media and content where he also produced Bethany's weekly TV news rundown. After moving to Blacksburg in 2014, Daniel began directing Hokies extra. If y'all remember those as well as producing graphics for each game. He's also co-produced ESPN3 broadcasts and a lot of other various video content for Hokie Sports. And most recently, Daniel has had a very prominent role in the new wave of creative content that has stemmed from the Virginia Tech football team. All of those fire videos that you've seen recently, he's had a hand in every single one of them. Daniel, welcome to the Sons of Saturday. Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying those things after I paid you uh, to say them. So that was very nice. (laughs) Well, we're just going to jump right in. And I know we ask everybody this question that we interview on the Sons of Saturday. At your core, who is Daniel Sabatino? I mean, I feel like I'm a a pretty normal guy. Um, uh, I I try to make um, our workplace pretty enjoyable. I work with a lot of really good people. I try to make their lives easier. Um, I like to have a good time uh, at work, not to try to take anything super seriously. Um, I don't know. I like going out. I like spending time with my family. My family lives um, up in West Virginia still. Um, I try to go up and see them as, as often as I can. Um, yeah, nothing nothing too crazy. Uh, I think I'm a pretty down-to-earth guy. <laughs> so uh, 
Daniel, you arrived in Blacksburg in 2014, and everyone has their own way of how they got to you know this place in the New River Valley amongst the Blue Ridge Mountains in this quaint town called Blacksburg. But how did you end up there? So my story is actually kind of funny. Um, so I graduated from Bethany, and I grew up about a half hour outside of Pittsburgh. And when I graduated, I knew there was no chance that I was getting a job with the Steelers or the Penguins or anyone like that. Um, so I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, and a friend of mine told me that he was moving to Blacksburg, um, for his PhD. And I was kind of like, do you have a extra room in your apartment? And he was like, I mean, we can, we can make it happen. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to kind of go with you down there. Then I, I, I had nothing. Um, I, I hadn't applied anywhere. So I kind of, I came down here with, no kind of parachute, no nothing. I, I was just kind of hoping it worked. I, I felt like at the worst, I was like, I'm just going to apply everywhere. I applied to WDBJ. I applied to Best Buy, like all of these places. Like I was just hoping somebody would would want to take a chance on me. Um, and then I saw on the VT Jobs website, um, a part-time job was open at the athletics department. And I was like, oh my God, this would be awesome. I, I, I love sports. Um, it was my main focus while I was at Bethany, um, doing broadcasts. And, um, so I got, I got an interview and about, about a week after I moved down here, I got an interview with tech. Um, and it was a Skype interview and, and they, for whatever reason, they, they liked me and they brought me in into the athletics department, um, for an in-person interview. And I remember, um, they, they were showing me all the different venues, um, lane stadium and castle and, and the baseball field. And, um, they were kind of going over, the intricacies of each broadcast and talking about their cameras and fiber and all this kind of crazy stuff. And like coming from Bethany, we were basically using Motorola razors to film our stuff. Like I didn't know any of the stuff that they were talking about. So I'm thinking the whole time I was like, they know, I don't know what any of this stuff is. Like I'm not qualified for this at all. Um, So I was like at the worst, you know, this has been a fun day. I got to see Lane Stadium for the first time. Um, I got lunch. You know, I got to meet some cool people, but like, I'm not expecting any anything from this. And so I went home and I kind of prepped my mom. I was like, "Don't worry, like, I'm not I'm not getting this job. Like, don't don't think too hard about this." And then maybe two or three days later, they called me back and they said I got it. And I was like, just um, so so excited. And um, yeah, I've been there ever since. So. How has your role as the associate director of creative content evolved since your arrival in Blacksburg? Yeah, it's changed a lot. Um, When I first got there, I wanted to be sort of on the ACC network side of things and producing broadcasts. Um, And within about the first six months or a year, I realized that probably wasn't for me. I I didn't I didn't enjoy that part of it as much. Um, And my boss at the time, uh, Megan, gave me the opportunity to the opportunity to do the inner Sandman video in 2015 and something I was not qualified to do at the time, but she trusted me and was like, go, go do it, go, go for it. Um, so I did it and it was not the best work I've ever done, but I, I really, really enjoyed doing it. And that kind of got my feet wet. And I started doing, uh, this feature called all access with, uh, Sam Rogers and Kendall Fuller, um, where I kind of followed them through the 2015 season, loved doing that. And it kind of just built from there. Um, but we, our staff was still really small at the time. So I was still, I still had a role in doing our video board shows, our ACC network stuff still. So I kind of had my hand in all those different pots. Um, and it's kind of, as we've grown as a team, we've all sort of been able to specialize more. Like we have our whole ACC network crew who only specializes on that. We have our video boards, people who only specialize on that. And now we have our creative content team that we can only specialize. Um, or we're able to specialize on making uh, digital content. And even until about um, a year or so ago, I was in charge of football, men's basketball and our baseball stuff. So like as football was over, um, as soon as our bowl game was over, I had to hop right back into, I had to hop into basketball because I hadn't been able to give them any love in a non-conference. So I basically pushed, I had to push football to the side from January to March while with buzz was still there. We were going to, uh, making those nice tournament runs. Um, and then as soon as that was over, it was baseball time. So I'd never really had an off season. Um, so then when that was over, it was time to prep for football. 
Um, but now um, we've we've hired a bunch of people, so we're able to kind of dedicate. We have a, a men's basketball producer now. I can totally focus on football, digital stuff for the website. Um, over the last maybe year now, I've been um, one track mind on football, which has been nice. Yeah, that, that was kind of my next question. So um, you are completely specialized in football as of you know about a year ago. It sounds like there's um, specific directors on the baseball and the basketball side as well. So have you kind of just seen this department really just grow over the past year, year and a half and have seen uh, Hokie Nation reap the benefits from having specialization? I think so. Um, when Brad Workman came in, um, he's our AD for external operations. Uh, he came in about two, three years ago now, and he introduced like a squad format. So each sport has its own squad, um, which has a video person, a ticketing person, a marketing person. Um, you're all kind of dedicated. Now, obviously, the football one is a lot bigger than our women's golf squad. But um, we have somebody from our department in every sport. Um we utilize our students a lot for those. Um, we have 10 undergrad students. We have four GAs who are all on scholarships. So each of them are on a squad um, and they kind of take ownership um, of whether they're on swimming, volleyball, whatever. Uh, we had a student who was on baseball this year and she's graduating and she has a job with the Nationals now, which is awesome. Um, we have another senior who's going to go work for the Chiefs next year. So they're starting to get, you know, this really awesome experience. Um, and they, they are very competitive with each other. They want to outdo uh, each other. They want to make sure that their intro videos are the best and, and everything like that. Um, but yeah, it, it's been cool. You really have seen that kind of grow um, over the last couple of years, and uh, it's been exciting to see. So for those who don't know, the Virginia Tech Athletic Department has a lot of subcategories. So what's the difference between – Hokey vision, hokey sports, and what you do. I, I don't consider there to be any real difference. So basically, hokey vision uh, has underneath it the ACC network, creative content, um, big screens. Um, so any, anything you see, if you go to a game in Lane Stadium and you watch the video board, that's part of Hokie Vision. Any ACC network broadcast is Hokie Vision. A video you see on Hokies FB, Hokies MBB, Twitter, Instagram, that all is, is we're all part of Hokie Vision. Um, Hokie Sports is the same thing. We're all making stuff for um, digital for, for the website, for our YouTube page. So there's, there's no real difference um, in any of that. We're all kind of, we all kind of say we're all part of our one team. So over the years, I know how um, like branding kind of changes a little bit um, over the more recent uh, Hokies FB videos that have been put out. Um, it's a lot of like the this is home graphic over the Hokie stone. Uh, how has that kind of evolved over the years and how do you make sure that branding is consistent or when you're changing it, you're making sure it's all rolled out at the right time? Because I remember like before the this is home, it was just like a VT logo that will kind of shake a little bit at the end of those videos. Uh, what's yeah. that like? Yeah, that's that's something. Um, this is home has, has sort of been our thing for for a while now. Um, and the, there had been discussions of like, are, are we still this is home? Like, um, should should we change? Should we do something else? And it, and it's always a thing of like, don't change it just to change things. Um, there's there's got to be sort of a message. And like, I feel like our fans really associate with that with the, this is home. Um, feel that that brand that phrase um so i to me i think that's going to be here to stay for a while um and yeah it is it is important to make sure that our stuff is branded in that in that sense that anything that comes out whether it's a football video or something for volleyball or soccer or, or nutrition puts out a video that it it makes it 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 needs to feel like it's part of tech's brand um, and that, that's part of my job too, is that if, if a student makes something, um, we kind of see it before they press play on it and then we say, Hey, does this, does this fit what we want to do? Does this fit what our, what our needs are? Um, yeah. And it, I, I think that it's important that we don't, I think we can have a little bit of variation, especially when it comes to, um, okay, let's put a VT logo at the end of this one or whatever, but we've kind of shifted away from that. Now, basically everything ends with that. This is home to read reemphasize our, our brand on that. Mm -hmm. And follow up to that. I know you're, you're specialized hundred percent in football now, but um, you know, with 
uh, Mike Young's team with the basketball program in men's basketball. I know stone by stone is a new kind of tagline slogan. Is that just for Mike Young's era or was that uh, right, you know, at, at some point in buzz or was that kind of rolled out uh, with the new Mike Young era? Cause I know buzz had a lot of personal branding and Mike Young is more yeah. so like, let's talk about the program. Yeah. Yeah. Stone by stone is definitely a Mike Young thing. It was always, uh, the big one with buzz was get better. Um, so that was his thing. And then once, once buzz left, all, all that kind of stuff went away. And then, yeah, stone by stone kind of happened over summer. Mm-hmm. So what does your typical day look like? You wake up in the morning, you go to Merriman, I assume. Break it down from there. Yeah, well, I miss going to Merriman now. This quarantine has been pretty brutal. We haven't actually been in our offices since March 11th, I think now. Um, but I, it, it kind of depends on what time of year it is. So right now would be a lot of um, spring football content. Um, I, I really am uh, disappointed we didn't get to have that because we had a lot of really fun stuff planned, I think, for that. Um, so, yeah, on a typical day, let's say now if we're going into work, it's just a lot of brainstorming stuff. What do, what do we do for the football? Uh, Lane Stadium show uh, coming up in the fall. Um kind of projecting more towards what we want to do um, when the season starts back up. Um, most of the time it's, it's sitting down in front of my desktop on premiere and, and just editing for, for eight hours or whatever, just thinking of new projects and uh, helping out where need be. That's funny. Later, I was going to ask you what kind of editing software do you use, but you just answered my question. So you guys use Adobe premiere pro. Yeah. We're in Adobe house for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I, that, that's just a, that's just a editing nerd geek we, out right there. <laughs> when I first started, we were in Avid House. And I don't know if you guys have used Avid or not, but it, um, hopefully my boss doesn't listen to it. But it was brutal. I hated working on Avid. I thought it was the absolute worst. It's funny. It's funny. But, Grayson, but <laughs> Grayson was like, yeah, I want to ask about if they use Avid because Avid is horrible and I know it. We're we're. I know Grayson just got an Adobe uh, Premiere Pro relationship that we're all crazy about. So we love that. And that yeah. is easier. It's. I mean, it's just that's what I learned on at Virginia Tech, and that's what we used. And we had to use Avid every now and again for certain projects. And it's like Pat said, we were literally talking about that before we jumped on. So that's so funny. <laughs> they would always. Their argument was always, "Well, they edit Star Wars on Avid," and I was like, "I don't care. Like it's it's horrible." <laughs> It's, they, but we kept it because we kept all of our uh, – it had a huge um, like logging category. We had all of our clips from years and years and years loaded onto those servers. Uh, so it was the main reason that we had that, I think. And when when did uh, the team get Adobe Premiere Pro? I, I, it was weird because some of us kind of left Avid and, and um, some of us went to Premiere before others. And I feel like the full switch was probably maybe three years ago where everybody was like, okay, we're done. We're done with that. <laughs> that makes that makes me rejoice. That makes me so happy. And maybe other people out there listening right now won't appreciate that as much. But if you've ever edited anything in Avid, you know exactly what we're talking about. So, <laughs> I definitely don't mean to offend either. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's all about uh, the digital transformation there. I know a thing or two about uh... – software so uh the production value of uh the creative content that the football team and every other team really has been putting out recently it's been fire it's been diesel fuel you know we love it Uh, what are you and the team doing differently to make it the absolute best that it can be i i know that having more boots on the ground is definitely helpful but like is there a new vision is it this new leadership that's kind of turned the gears like or is it just like a combination of all that yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of everything. Um, we've made some really good hires within Hokie Vision in the last couple of years. Um, Chris Dawson is our guy who is in charge of men's basketball. Um, when he came over, he kind of um, – he was an outside hire, um, and he kind of helped shed light to us on all kinds of new equipment, especially when it comes to, like, lighting and camera lenses. He's been awesome um, from that perspective. So – our look from from the last year is is in part because of him um, improving our students when it comes to color grading and helping me improve in color grading. Um, that is a uh, not an easy thing for sure. Um, 
lighting. Uh, we've got branded light kits, and um, we spent a lot of money on on uh, lenses as well. And that that is a, a thank you to our bosses for sure, because that stuff's not easy to get. It, it's not every day where you can kind of walk up and say, "Hey, can we spend twenty five thousand dollars on X?" Like, and just we promise, like in the end, it'll be worth it. it it's hard to kind of justify that in the beginning. Um, so equipment definitely helps. Staffing definitely helps. Um, from my end, when it comes to football, I feel like I have such a better relationship with them now. Um, a lot of that kind of takes some trust. Um, you know, when when there's a transition, and when it when it was me when I was leaving them as soon as the season was over, and I was onto different teams. Um, now that they sort of see me more and more every single day, I'm always in the offices and things like that your relationship kind of builds more and you get a little bit more trust. Um, and I, and I think it also helps whenever they have ideas about projects that they want to do and you can execute those and they're, and they're happy with, with the results. You kind of get even, uh, you get trust even faster. Um, so when they kind of trust you, they're more uh, excited to work on projects like our hard hat series. Like that may not be something that they would have wanted to do maybe a year or so ago. Cause it, maybe the trust wasn't, maybe they would have felt the trust wasn't there on their part, but um, luckily that wasn't the case. So yeah, to your point, you, you brought up a good point that there's a lot of factors uh, that come into play. Um, not all very easy, but it seemed like all of those kind of came full circle, maybe within the last year or so, I think. I, it seems like everything has really come together. I, I kind of perked up when you said color grading, because it seemed for the longest time that the videos that, the media team would put out weren't color graded. And then this year they were, they started to be color graded and I immediately noticed that I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's just a night and day difference. Um, It's just a little thing. So that leads me into my next question. What kind of equipment do you guys typically use to shoot practices, games, or any other miscellaneous type of B roll footage? Yeah. So we're a a Sony house. Um, We have a Sony FS seven, uh, FS5, um, and then uh, a couple of DSLRs and uh, an old FS700. Um, but then we all use Canon lenses. So we have like Metabones adapters and we've got a couple um, really nice uh, pieces of uh, Canon lenses. So for a normal football game, we'll shoot. I'll be in the end zone where our offense is coming towards. And I'll have a 70 to 200 Canon lens that... When it's on the FS7, it can go up to 400. So I can basically shoot from goal line to goal line without it looking, um, basically having the whole front seven in, in the frame nice and tight. So um, so those are great. We've got, for, for a normal football game, we have four cameras out there. Um, one guy who's our freelancer, um, and he's kind of like a daredevil almost when he's on the sidelines. He's got a, um, I think he uses a cannon body, but... Uh, he's got his stabilizer, and as soon as somebody scores or there's a good reaction, he is up in their faces, and he is—he does not care. He's getting—you can see him getting jostled around on on some of his clips and stuff like that. But he's awesome. Um, yeah, we got a couple other guys on our sidelines too that shoot, um, and that's all just for creative. That doesn't even count the the people who are shooting for the board show. Those are, that's another different seven cameras there. So, um, yeah, we, we've definitely picked up our game in, in the equipment category for sure. And for those who don't know, a Sony FS7, uh, those those cameras aren't cheap. That's actually what um, the production company that I work for out here in Los Angeles use. Those cameras shoot reality television episodes, and they're as nice as they come. And shout out to the gimbal guy that you're talking about who's in the huddle with the players. I've seen him getting tossed around. He actually showed up. Uh, I talked to Jordan Long about this. He showed up at my family's tailgate and got some really good footage of us okay. going going crazy. Have we been which, using it a lot lately? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay, the, cool. where where the guy was up on people's shoulders and everything. Okay, yeah. so he was like screaming right into it, like the "Let's Go Hokies." That was me. Okay, that, that was me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, nice to meet you. <laughs> so, um, I mean, yeah, Daniel, we can definitely tell that the uh, the equipment has stepped up as well. Um, and some of these uh, videos that have been put in, out on social media have been phenomenal. Um, you know, the Hard Hat series, the director's cut of the Carolina game, 
And I want to ask you, so um, you obviously have to know your competition because I'm sure you guys follow the rest of the Coastal, the rest of the ACC, and then other programs around the country and how uh, they put out content as well. Are there any specific programs that you guys look at and are like, wow, they do a phenomenal job and you know, maybe use it as inspiration or just uh, are like, can we get on that level? One comes to mind for me, but I want to know, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I was thinking about this a lot. Um, there's a couple different schools that I kind of look to for different reasons. Um, one easy one for me is Georgia. The way that they shoot, I the there you want to talk about cameras and lenses and stuff like that that they have that is like on another planet. The stuff that they use and they their their shooters are top of the line. Like they um, are, they have to be some of the best in the country at, at what they do. They're I think they're really awesome. Um, so from a cinematography standpoint, I definitely look at them. Um, I love what Ohio State does in terms of video and graphic design combined into one. Um, if that kind of makes sense, like utilizing a lot of cool animation stuff within within a video. Um, obviously, LSU is insane when it comes to editing um, with their transitions and their um, the, those mass transitions that they've that they've kind of mastered uh, recently. Um, narration with them. Um, so there, there's, and there's a, a million other more, a, a lot of people do a lot of great stuff, but those three instantly come to mind for me whenever I'm saying, how can I shoot a Sandman differently? Let's see how, how does Georgia shoot their, um, intro maybe like what, what kind of separates them? They've got that cool thing where the guys run out of the, um, they like kind of break that Georgia seal or whatever that is, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, you kind of look at different, different schools, different pro teams too for, uh, inspiration like that. Mm-hmm. Two things that I want to make from that. Uh, one, LSU. I know Grayson absolutely loves the LSU um, content team, especially right before the national championship. Uh, th- some of those videos that they put out were some of the best content it's, I've ever seen yeah, uh, from any sport. But you mentioned narration, and uh, we put out that video, uh, you know, a week and a half, two weeks ago. It's John Laser um, last weekend over spring game. Obviously, yeah. we didn't have a spring game, and we had all these highlights from previous years and an empty lane stadium, and how we're all going to, you know, be back and jumping together at some point. You know, we just have to all be in this together. Um, but Lays has been doing a great job having Coach Fuente in one on ones, having Coach Young in one on ones, and also uh, I know um, there's a series with Greg Stroman and uh, Isaiah Ford and a few others that I'm probably forgetting right now. But uh, that director's cut that happened on Friday night, you know, it was an hour long, taking over the six overtime game against Carolina last fall. Probably my favorite day of 2019, and a great way to spend an hour on a Friday night. But um, how did that come to fruition? Like, whose idea was that, and what were the moving parts that had to go through it? Um, you know, from beginning to end. Yeah. So I was looped in on an email maybe a month or so ago with with a couple of our higher ups. Brad Brad Worthman is one of them, and then Angie Littlejohn, who oversees our ACC network uh, operation. And they were like, "We have this opportunity to kind of do this um, to to stream one of our games on the ACC digital channels, but how can we kind of do this in a way where it's unique and and people aren't just watching a rebroadcast of a game that they saw eight months ago." Um, so we kind of got together and, um, some of our guys who work in the ACC network department, uh, with us are, are really, really talented editors and they don't, they don't get the chance to, to do that as much anymore because of being on broadcast every day. But, um, now that we're kind of sitting at home, they, they kind of chomped at the bit to say, we want to kind of make this feel a little bit like something that you would see on NFL films with, with interview mixed in with game action, mixed in with kind of behind the scenes type stuff. And I was like, well, yeah, we have, um, I don't know, 50 gigabytes worth of creative footage between, you know, four cameras. Plus, you've got the broadcast and our in-house cameras. So we have plenty of stuff. Um, so I can definitely feed you supplemental footage to put in on the broadcast. And then we were like, well, what if we can get Lays to interview uh, Coach Fu? And we kind of sprinkle that in as well. And we were like, yeah, if Coach Fu thinks he if the, he feels like it's a good use of his time, like, of course, we would, we would love to have that. And Coach Fu was like, yes, I absolutely want to talk about that. He, he like, You can tell that kind of fired him up a little bit. And 
Um, he really enjoyed talking about that with Lays, and they've got a really good relationship too. So it, it's it's fun to see them do interviews together. Um, so yeah, um, and then basically all of last week, I actually didn't have any part in editing any of that. It was our uh, two of our guys from our ACC network staff, and uh, they basically would send it to me and my boss and say what do you think? What, what can we do? And we would kind of give them little points of like, let's maybe shave this down a little bit. Let's add this. Um, the biggest thing was making it feel like it was all one piece as opposed to watching a game and then watching an interview, watching a game and the interview, we kind of wanted to make sure it felt like one cohesive piece. And I, I think it came out pretty well. Um, given the fact that again, we're working from our laptops at home and you, you've got, only, you can only do so much and sharing stuff over Google drive isn't always super easy, but yeah, I think they absolutely knocked it out of the park. So going forward, what can recruits and Hokie Nation expect with media production for athletics at Virginia Tech? And what do you think currently sets us apart from the Georgias of the world and the LSUs and the Ohio States? Yeah, well, we definitely want to be – eventually considered to be in in the class of those people we don't we don't consider ourselves um you know a perfect product right now by any stretch of the imagination we, all, we always want to grow and and get better not to take another phrase from buzz um but for for me i i just want to continue building those relationships with with guys on on the team with the coaches um to make things that they like um because having their passion um you know, having them enjoy what we put out um, is the most important thing for me. And if, if they like it and the coaches like it, it's a pretty good inkling that the fans are going to really like it too, um, both our younger and our older, because that, that can kind of be a, a hit or miss. Like if you're, it, it can be tough to hit both of those uh, fan groups. But um, yeah, I, I think I think that's going to be really important. And honestly, just whenever we get back into work and we can shoot on our Sony cameras again. And I think that's going to, we're just going to have such a renewed energy. Um, not just us, I, I mean, everybody else um, is going to come in and be really, really excited and raring to go. And I think um, for me, I can tell I'm going to be really itching to pump out as much content as we possibly can. Um, I would love to continue putting mics on people in practice and on our coaches and um, all of that stuff. I, I absolutely love doing that. And I, and I think they, um, I think they're getting more used to that. And again, that's where the building of the relationships is going to kind of come into play. If they kind of trust us, they know we aren't going to put them in a bad light. We're more likely to get them to sign off and be like, yeah, we're excited to do this and we're going to give you more stuff. Um, they see Hendon and Quincy doing those interviews with each other and they're like, okay, they came across really down to earth and they came across where fans feel like they know them now. So I want that. Um, we get stuff all the time of guys saying, Hey, can you guys do like a cribs episode of like my house? Like I live here, I live there. Can you guys do that? And I was like, no, not really because of all these stupid NCAA rules. But, um, yeah, I, so my biggest thing would be to, if we keep building relationships, we'll get more trust and we'll be able to build more and more cool, uh, personal content, I think. So in your calm, objective opinion, in what, area in what realm has the Virginia Tech media production team improved the most whether that be themes like for recruits this is home or NFL draft pictures or official visits or graphics where, where do you think we've improved the most in this past year are you talking about just specifically for football or just kind of across the board and let's do both okay. football football and uh, the the athletic department as as a whole well Speaking just for me and from my standpoint, it's it has to be the fact that um I can be with them twelve months out of the year, seven days a week, twenty four hours a day. Um, you know they they're not going to have an off season anymore, so they I'm going to do my best to make sure that they're always being put out in a really good light. Um, you know where in the past it would be from maybe from January to August it would be very little stuff you would see now that's not going to be the case anymore. So I think that is going to help tremendously as far as the athletics department as a whole. I think the fact that from that squad model and the fact that every sport has a representative, um, that means they have someone who is trusted with their sport and wants the best for that sport. 
uh, where maybe in the past when I when I first started here, we didn't have enough people to cover a swimming event or or go to a golf match or um, I mean last year I was able to travel with golf to the NCAA tournament like I never thought I'd be able to do something like that so I think having the depth now um, is such a is such a good thing and I don't I don't know how many schools are able able to do that and and cover 22 sports um, so I think that really kind of gives us a nice a nice leg up and a nice advantage. So from that, I can draw, okay, how do we get better content? Having more staff in place. How do we have more staff in place? Having more money. How do we have more money? Ah, join the Hokie Club if you're listening. If you're not, if you're not in the Hokie Club, <laughs> hokieclub.com, drive 425. Um, so, Daniel, we're going to do what we call the rapid fire round. Um, so we're going to ask you a question, and you know the first thing that comes to mind uh, you will answer, and then we'll do a quick quarantine edition of the lightning round. But okay. first, this rapid-fire round is brought to you by Sharky's Blacksburg, where good friends go. Uh, follow Sharky's on Instagram and Twitter. I know their Instagram is at Sharky's underscore Blacksburg. And just like Hokie Vision and uh, Virginia Tech Athletics, the content from the Sharky's page has been absolute fire of late including the deal wheel go check out the deal wheel they post an instagram story every single day sometimes you're getting free wings on your order sometimes you're getting free fries some tots you know bogos they got deals every single day if you aren't getting food from sharkies every day what are you doing they got the deals they got two go long islands they got two go bombs they got the car bomb the vegas bomb the kyle spatz bomb go get (laughs) I mean, tomorrow's Monday. Go to Sharky's on Monday. Get your BOGO burger. It sounds like fire to me. So the first question here for you, Daniel, what is your favorite meal at Sharky's? Sharky's got some mean fries. I love the fries at Sharky's, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, Yeah, I mean, their wings are great. I'm, I'm here for the burgers, but... If I'm going there and I may or may not have a beverage with a friend or two, I'm usually always getting a side of fries. Stamp their fry. It's like the beer batter or whatever they do to those fries. They they just hit different. I I stamp that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. All right, favorite sport to shoot that isn't football? Uh, men's basketball. Favorite restaurant in Blacksburg, aside from Sharky's? Yeah, I love Sharky's. I have a Sharky's tattoo, but I would say McAdoo's. <laughs> all right McAdoo's great great sandwiches over there at McAdoo's all right maybe we already answered this one too favorite video editing software uh iMovie on Apple and then <laughs> are you serious uh, it would be Premiere yeah Premiere iMovie let's go <laughs> okay favorite film um Interstellar uh with uh Matthew McConaughey came out a couple years ago. Christopher Nolan film, great yeah. choice, excellent. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do favorite film one uh, a favorite piece of content you've produced uh, since you've been at Virginia Tech. I did um, this video called Thank You Bud a couple months ago. Um, I, I really like doing that. Um, and then the the um, the 20 year um, 1999 team. When we did an interview with Coach Beamer, um, I absolutely love doing that. Favorite memory working for Virginia Tech? This could be in the day-to-day in your position, or this could just be, you know, assuming a new role as a Hokie since you got here in 2014. Yeah, a really cool memory was we used to do these uh, season ticket commercials. So Coach Beamer retired, and then we did two commercials back-to-back years of him trying to get into the stadium he didn't have his tickets anymore he didn't have season tickets so he was trying to find ways to get into the stadium i don't know if you guys saw these or not but we did yeah hilarious so funny he dressed up as a band member and um it was super super funny he got carried out by one of our strength coaches um coach schumann yeah coach schumann carried him out um so i i edited the thing and then um I was done with it. My boss, Jed, asked me, hey, uh, are you going to be done with that this afternoon? Which he he very rarely does. And I was like, yeah, I'll be done in you know a, a couple hours or so. Well, um, around lunchtime, um, John Boleyn, who's basically our second in charge, he's right underneath 
um, wit in terms of uh, title, he he comes down and he's he's him and Coach Beamer are are super super close. And he comes like running down. He comes into my office. He goes, "Hey, can you show Coach this commercial?" And I was like, "I yeah yeah absolutely." And that's obviously something that has never happened before. Um, so it was right before they always go on those walks around eleven thirty. Um, they take Hank out and they, you know, walk all over campus or whatever. So it was right before they go come in for a walk. Coach Beamer comes into my office and I'm like giving him my headphones and he's, while well, he's watching the thing and he's sitting there, he's laughing so hard. And he gives me like a, a fist, like to the shoulder. Like he's like laughing so hard that he gives me like a little shove and I'm like, I'm freaking out. And, uh, but I'm, I'm trying not to, because I've worked there for like three years at this point in time. I'm supposed to not freak out whenever Frank Beamer comes into the office. So that was definitely my favorite memory. I, I needed like. I took like an extra long lunch just to like uh, <laughs> chill out after that. So yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Don't blame you. Starstruck, Coach Beamer. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So this is the rapid fire round quarantine edition. Sons of snacks, as what is as we call it. What you snacking on during the quarantine? Um, I have not been eating healthy. Um, that's why I'm working on this Skype and you can only see from the chest up because I'm 900 pounds now. But um, anything, any frozen chicken, any tizers or whatever the hell those things are called, um, the chicken fries, I'll eat five pizzas a day. Um, I'm uh, just, a, uh, just a fat F over here. I'm disgusting. Rita, anything. Oh, man. Uh, what series or movies are you – uh, tapping back into or have you just started over the past 40 or so days that you're hooked on um i recently got hulu so now i i own every streaming platform in existence because there's nothing else to do so um i got hulu and we've been watching love island a lot i don't know if you guys are on the love island train we just started, we started season two yesterday and it's uh, it just injected into my veins i want all of it <laughs> that show is ridiculous it's great but it is absolutely insane um okay oh, to, to piggyback off of that what you streaming on apple music or spotify mm, a lot of uh travis scott a lot of drake my favorite band is the 1975 so they've got a new album coming out pretty soon um so anything by them Sweet. And then uh, Sons of Enablement, how are we getting better? You know, reading any books, doing any new routines or habits that are kind of like self-improvement or anything of that nature? Um, so I live right on the Huckleberry Trail. Um, so I try to go out at least once a day and just I can be at the uh, Christiansburg Mall in, you know, 40 minutes or whatever. So I try to take some pretty good laps and just kind of space out and not think about work, not think about anything like that and just kind of, you know, pet people's dogs. I don't know. Well, I guess I can't do that anymore because of social distancing, but um, <laughs> just, kind of, just kind of be by myself out there. It, it's, a, it's a pretty nice yeah. uh, way to kill an hour and a half. And lastly, we, uh, we always want to give our, our guests an opportunity. Do you have any shout outs that you'd like to give? Anyone you'd like to shout out? Mm, just anyone from Hokie Vision who's who might be listening to this, like um, they've all been killing it over the last couple of years or so, um, obviously. And um, I know they're all going to make fun of me for being on here, um, but they they've been absolutely killing it. They um, our bosses who allow us to focus on what we want to focus on because they could very easily say, "No, we don't want you doing this. We want you specializing somewhere else." And Never in my time here has has that happened. Uh, I've been I've never been told what to do. I've um, if I come up with an idea, they tell me, okay, go do it. So I couldn't ask for anything better than that. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on today. This interview has been very eye opening and just absolutely incredible. We we thank you for your time, Pat. Any shout outs before we dip out? Uh, you know, we're going to shout out, I know we shouted out Dalton Keene, uh, up and down at the top of this episode, but uh shout out to my dad turned 56 yesterday, Corey Moore year. Uh, so that was awesome. We did the, uh, we did the old social distancing birthday party in the neighborhood, beeping the horns and that nature. But, uh, how about you G any shout outs? Shout out to my family. I miss y'all. I hope that once this quarantine nonsense is over, I can come home and see you guys. Uh, and shout out Blacksburg. I miss you too. I've been thinking about you a lot. So that's that's it for me, honestly. That's, that's all we got for today's episode. We'll see you guys next week.